we're weekend packers and we love that's to right. go with golf. And I, I think that's I showed that. you guys that on the weekend. Yes, 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 you did. We'll, we'll get to that shortly. <laughs> Welcome to episode 14 of the Golf Days Australia podcast, everybody. Sponsored by Cobra Puma Golf and Dint Putters. Uh, broadcasting once again to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Anchor, and lots more. Remember to smash that follow button and give us a five-star review where it allows. Well, guys, Major Golf is back. How good was the PGA Championship? We have uh, a couple of guests with us tonight, Nate, and I don't know why, but we've brought... A special guest back that was in last week. Some say he's the culprit behind Bryson DeChambeau's shaft snapping. Uh, some also say he knows the third thing that uh, feels good at. And some also say he's still looking for sponsors. The one, the only double par is back for another go. Welcome, DP. <laughs> Thanks, Steve-O. I actually do know what that third thing uh, lefty's good at, but um, I'm is not the flop tell shot? The flop shot. <laughs> Hey, Faldo doesn't know what it is. He still doesn't. But anyways, we'll get to that. He's still trying to, he's chewing (laughs) over that. I'm sure he's still trying to figure it out. Uh, And along there, you heard a little chuckle from her. Amy is back again. Welcome back, Ames. Lovely to have you again. Thanks very much. Good to be back. It is definitely good that you're back, Amy. We needed it after (laughs) last week, feeding him. (laughs) I don't know how you've got an invite back, to be honest, DP. Um, we'll probably get into it, but do you see uh, my smoky? How that went this week, or do we want to go there? Reminder. Can we just also tell everyone that's listening that might be a bit worried about uh, Double Pass heavy breathing? He's on the mute button hard tonight. <laughs> He'll be muting when he breathes. Okay, so <laughs> stick with us. It's gonna it's gonna sound better than last week's did. <laughs> um, anyways, he's got the mute button. We've 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 called him up. He's right to go. But yes, your smoky, your smoky Morikawa. Um, you want to rip into it? Let's Agent get into status. it, guys. We Let's, had uh, yeah. PGA Championship at TPC Harding Park at San Francisco. Uh, it was an eventful weekend, I'll say. Um, the, I suppose I just want to dive straight in for a sec on the coverage. For, for me, it was lacking very, very hard in the early days of this tournament and figuring out that we couldn't watch it on golf TV, then figuring out that Foxtel only had it from 6 a.m. each day, uh, which meant, well, what like we couldn't watch any of the early golf. So it was a struggle, but uh, yeah, we got Lefty on there commentating uh, on day three, which was actually quite funny. But uh, let, let's get into it. Uh, yeah, round one. Uh, Jason Day, our, our man Jason Day was out early and set the pace uh, that lasted the whole day. A, a few got uh, to five under with him but couldn't hold it. Brendan Todd uh, got to five under as well by his third last hole and remained there to finish the day. Uh, Beefcake snapped his driver shaft leaning over thanks to double par. Um, yeah, a couple, a couple of highlights from the day. Anything else, guys? I was a bit excited when Jay Day took the lead. Um because he was my tip, even though so who, who runs our, our Facebook page, Fair Dinkum, put me down as Lefty. Lefty wasn't my tip, and I've gone to the, the book, so I definitely tipped Jay Day. Um, How good was that photo of Lefty? But for some reason, it reminded you, <laughs> me of you, DP. So I, I put that in there uh, just as your, as your pick. But um, Jay but Day. But it was exciting to see. Exciting yeah. to see an Aussie up top. 
Yeah, and he's done great the last few rounds. He, he he's played really well the last few tournaments, and um, good to see him up there. Obviously, he couldn't hold it out through through the four rounds. But I tell you what, when Beefcake snapped that driver, it was a very worrying sixty seconds. They sorted it out pretty quickly and told him that he could go get a uh, replacement shaft. But um, I, I didn't know what was going to happen then. He was he was starting to bomb him. He was starting to um, you know start you know it was early on in the round as well. And uh, he just leans on, leans on it, and then he jokes about it and says, "You know, I'm just hitting him too hard or whatnot." So you got to like that. You got to like Bryce, and he's always yeah, entertaining. Definitely don't have to like that. Oh, Amy! Go <laughs> on. I'm with Amy. Tied four, tied four. You know, could have got it there today, but anyways, we'll get to round four in a sec. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, yeah, that was his best uh, best finish in a major uh, ever. So yeah, not not too bad for him. But yeah, I am gonna follow the other two guys. Not his massive, <laughs> most, yeah, not his biggest fan anyway. Um, now round two, here's something I just want to quickly uh, get to for a sec. What's the course etiquette when you hit another fairway? I've asked a couple of boys that this week, and usually, you know, whoever's playing the right fairway has right away, right? Um, so, with, with that one, Kepka's hit a tee shot, hit the wrong fairway, and he's just waltzed up to it, gone over to it, and lining his shots up. And in the meantime, you've got JT and his group back on the on on the the appropriate tee box, waiting to tee off and JT's ball's teed up ready to go and he's watching watching it going what's going on like what are they even doing the commentators actually thought that it was uh it was just some you know some people crowd wise but there was very little if if any crowd there at all anyway or allowed um but yeah it was was Kepka trying to take his shot to get back onto his uh his fairway he hit a hit a cracker shot to the green and but ended up bogeying it so a bit of instant karma there for him but you know JT's just you know up his arms are up going what's going on and even when he actually lined up his uh tee shot uh the the caddy's gone back over to Phil fill the divot uh, while he's about to hit. No, I think, um, yeah, no matter what our choppers, uh, us choppers answer is, we should go to Amy on this one. Amy, I'm sure, doesn't hit the other fairway ever, but <laughs> you've obviously been in tournaments where it might have happened. What is there? A, is there a rule there? Is there an etiquette there? What What would you take from it? Well, yeah, I would say that's that's kind of common sense that you don't just walk onto someone else's fairway when they're trying to hit. Um, but I think that's probably people have probably think that he's got a couple of bits of um, karma this week with a few of, the, few of his comments and after that instance as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know what you're thinking when you're just mostly out onto someone's fairway and, you know, just doing your own thing. Um, yeah. Didn't care about anyone else. Let's rip into Brooks. I'm ready for that. Get off the Bryson train that you guys are on about <laughs> that, oh, we all don't like Bryson together. Let's rip into Brooks. I don't like Brooks. I don't like his attitude. Um, him having a go at DJ, uh, Rory then backing up DJ, all these comments about uh, Bryson. But what's going on here? Is, is I feel like these guys are all on a WhatsApp group together going, oh, I'm going to say this this week and just going to stir the pot and let's all let's all have a laugh about it. Um, but then the other half of me is like, what? What's happening there? Anyone got so, a take on what Brooks is doing? 
So I'll just I'll, I'll run through it quickly. So Brooks comes out and says, I, I like my chances. When I've been in this position before, I've capitalised. I don't know. Johnson's only won one. I'm playing good. I don't know. We'll see. A lot of guys on the leaderboard I don't think have, have won. Uh, I guess DJ has only won one, but I don't know. The other guys that are up there, like he's just – he's obviously – is is not confident anymore. That's cocky. That's just cockiness. He's always had yeah. that cocky thing about him because he's always said the you know the practice thing and you know that he doesn't really take the other tournaments too seriously. There's always been that about him, but it's just uh, it's growing into its own thing today. And like Amy said, I think a few people were very happy with his uh, performance in his fourth <laughs> round today. Yeah, bit of karma coming uh, coming back through there. Like I, I tipped him to take it out this weekend, and and coming into the final day, I thought that that was a very real opportunity, even still. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't mind seeing that karma come back and bite you in the backside when you when you want to call out those sort of sort of things. And Rory's come to DJ's defence as well, um, which is kind of cool to see other players backing each other up sort of thing but you yeah i don't know you just don't want to don't really want to see what's going on in in that side like do you really want to see those stouches apart from yes um <laughs> yeah apart from Brooks i want to see a punch up on the pga of course <laughs> bob barker happy gilmore style yeah 100 yeah, and and for him to shoot plus four today uh he's the killer he's the one going for the three peat um pga championship and he shoots plus four is just great and didn't get yeah. much coverage <laughs> so all right so we've covered off it's like a little bit of round two and got straight into that but is there any other thoughts around uh round two miss notables that miss the cut maybe uh Ricky Fowler. Whifty's mm. mm. uh, with one of his putts that was about, what, six inches uh, to, to tap it in, whiffs it, uh, which means it counts, and he misses the cut by, guess what, one shot. My boy, Ricky. And I, it was funny because I spoke to you the last week in last week's podcast about the guy I played with that had an air swing on a six-inch putt, and I couldn't <laughs> exactly. believe that. Um, and and that was an air swing, um, and and this guy and Ricky just hits the ground, then kind of hits the ball, clearly moves the ball, and misses out by one shot. Um, yeah, I don't know. Poor yeah. old Ricky. Another another one. Um, you can call yeah. me the Messiah. I think I called that as well, right? I said Ricky, no chance last week. Yeah, you did. Just call no, me Nostra- no. Nostradamus. <laughs> Yeah. Amy, Amy, uh, no, she would have listened to the podcast. She would have heard me. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She'd tune out like everyone else. I yeah. think you can see you can see on our um, on our listens where people go out, and it must be every time you talk, it just people drop or they must skip it before. <laughs> but anyway, good to have you here, DP. Um, not that he missed the cut, but Cameron Tringali, uh, he was DQ'd. Uh, so having already finished his second round and uh, he's gone to get a bite for lunch, uh, hovering over the cut line, he's opened the PGA Championship app to check on how he was sitting. Uh, he's then noticed his card looked wrong. Uh, he signed for a par on the eighth when he'd actually bogeyed it. Uh, so he went back to the scoring area uh, and made them aware, uh, only to subsequently be disqualified for signing an incorrect scorecard. It's the second time he's been DQ'd from a major for the same thing. So back in 2014, he contacted officials a week after um, the, the tournament to tell them about his scorecard error. Um, you know, something notable to be said 
about that, but um, yeah, what, what do you reckon about signing for an incorrect card, Amy? Have you seen that happen on on tour, or have you done it in in error previously? Um, I haven't, thank God, been DQ'd for. Well, I haven't been DQ'd, but yeah, for anything like that. Um, I think once I might have um, had something wrong with my scorecard, but it ended up. I think I'd signed for maybe one higher than I actually had. So it was fine or something yep. along those lines. But that's like your worst nightmare. I mean, especially if you've had a good round. I'm, I'm like triple checking my card, signing it. And then you still walk out and you're like, oh my God, did I sign my card? And then it's like, you definitely did. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, to do it twice in a major within whatever it was, three years or something. Six, six um, years. 2014 six was the last years, one yeah. in the major in the PGA championship as well. Uh, it's yeah. Second time to do it. And he's yeah, obviously, I mean that, that the first one he did, he contacted officials a week after, like he must've been stewing over that. Uh, I reckon he's probably thought about it for at least, or maybe say five days after it and then gone, Oh, did I actually, I don't know. And then looked it up and it's just dawned on him and he's contacted him like he'd be stewing on that and now to do it again uh yeah that that would be tough it's got to be a dq but i mean it's it sucks but he's hovering around that cut line it's changing where the cut line could possibly be other players that are looking at the scoreboard seeing what they need to make it could influence them you 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 can't give him a leeway and say oh it's okay it was a mistake because then if you've got 10 guys making the mistake um you know it's not fair on everybody else so amy I do feel, I don't know how I feel, but it's like a little bit funny that we still have paper scorecards that we write every score on. When you have a walking scorer, you have electronic stuff and then it, you know, comes down to you've written something wrong in your card and you're DQ'd from the whole tournament. I've been a walking scorer for five years at the Australian Open. Do you want to trust me? No, well... (laughs) I mean, maybe, but um, I just think it's, I don't know if we will always still have a hard scorecard. It's just, it is a bit strange, all the advances we've had in golf and we've still got these scorecards and you've just got to be on the ball with it, otherwise it's going to cost you and it's just stupid mistakes. Is it one of those tradition things for, for golf? Do you think that's it? Yeah, it probably is. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. You, you like to have the scorecard framed up in the clubhouse and everyone can have a look at it. But, yeah, I don't know. It's just a bit weird, I think. could just be the easiest way to do it as well and, and just for consistency and stuff. I don't, I don't know. And then double cut park and write down whatever scores he wants to that way. <laughs> how, how often do you hear the commentators call it wrong? Um, I think even today with uh, with DJ, uh, they they said that he was in for a birdie, but it was actually a par, and they announced it after he made the Yeah, they par. tried to say it on 17 that he was knocking in for birdie, so then like yeah. getting everyone, hang on, he might have an eagle chance on 18 to, to tie it up all of a sudden, and then he's like, oh, no, sorry, that was for par, and you're just like, <laughs> oh, righto, well, oh, he better hole in one this on the, on the, fir- on the last, so... <laughs> Yeah, they, they get it wrong all the time. Walking scorers get it wrong all the time. So when we do it, they will um, come back to us in the through the uh, microphone or through the headset and they'll just say, can you just make sure of that person scoring the eighth and then you need to go up to the caddy and ask the caddy, hey, just want to check what he scored on eight to try and get it right because we 
relay that to TV and so sometimes uh, that, that can be wrong and there are mistakes there as well. So I guess there's always going to be issues and probably the, uh, the least amount of issues comes from just scoring yourself. Um, You've got to love some Walker scorers that I've had in my groups and I mean like you've got to keep track of what everyone's doing but I've had a couple where I've had a bad hole, not quite a double par, but like I've had a bad hole. I've made like a six or something and they just walk straight up to you and go, Amy, what do you have on that hole? Was it a six or a seven? Or I'm like, I had a six and now go away. <laughs> wow. Now, and, did, you have a, did you have a caddy in that tournament? Um, probably not. Like sometimes they do ask a caddy, which is definitely the smarter move. Well, I would go yeah. up to a player yeah. and ask them yeah. straight after, but um yeah i mean you do have to keep track of three players balls but we also have to um not we but the tour has to actually keep the hard scorecards for a good like six months or something after the event's done in case there is anything um anything like that yeah Yeah. um which i didn't know and then i saw one of the staff like carting around this suitcase and there's like a million scorecards in there and like yeah we have to keep them for (laughs) It was something like six months, so maybe that's another reason. Yeah, well, double par. Thoughts on hard copy scorecards? Do you think it it really sinks in when players have had a double par and <laughs> and they're right? They have to write it physically on the card. Do you reckon it sinks in a little more? Yeah, I got a story. Um, a person I know, maybe me, shot a thirty on a hole once. It was a, a medal event. Riding the thirty down. Amy's nearly just spat her water out. <laughs> It was was pretty hard to write 30 down. What was even harder was putting the card in the machine because the machine, how do you score a 30 on that white club card? (laughs) We had to get the pro to put the score in. It was pretty embarrassing. Tell Um, me, can you just just quickly read? I I don't want to full read. Shot shot by shot. Come on, I want to know. It was, what, it was one I like that Amy. I like that Amy. Wait, Amy just said that she had a bad score of a six one time. <laughs> six, <laughs> probably on a part five. And then you just go, well, I've got a 30 on a hole. <laughs> G'day, choppers. <laughs> I, I, was in a, I was in a penalty area. Is that what they're called now? Hazard, whatever it was. I thought I could play it out. And I could after about 24 strikes. <laughs> couple of whiffs too in there, I think. But, yeah, yeah. you know. And you lost by one. <laughs> the worst thing is, well, the scoring system, right? So my playing partners at the end of the day were like, oh, this is going to cost you on your handicap. But because it was a stroke yeah. event, but the way it's worked out, it's just like having point. a wipe. A yeah, wipe. Yeah. Off a point. Yeah. yeah, and I was yeah. shooting an all right round up until then, so. <laughs> so good. Oh, let's, get, <laughs> let's get back into the PGA. So Yes, please, round. let's do Listen, it's good. I know who's won this thing. Let's go. <laughs> uh, we'll we'll yeah, breeze through round three. But Scotty Scheffler went on an absolute tear on uh, on Saturday with uh, five birdies and one bogey through nine. Um, then goes on a, a run to birdie 15, 16, 17 uh, to to take the outright lead at at minus nine on on uh, Saturday. And he looked to still be there uh, come Sunday, but just couldn't quite capitalize capitalize it. Um, but yeah, talking to, to Sunday, I suppose, segue into it. Holy wow. All about the, only, the, the only way that it could have been scripted better was if it went to a six, seven, eight man playoff 
I think that's the only way it would have been scripted a little better. But um, we, we were talking about it this morning as well, uh, and I, I threw up the thought of what would actually happen in in the playoff. Would they play in one group? Would they split them up? You know, then word comes out that that's exactly what would, one group. They would have played in one group. Go go down what 16, 17, 18, and it'd be the aggregate uh, of, of the three holes over the six, seven or eight, uh, eight players. But, but hey, not to take anything away from how the last few holes went down, it was, uh, it was an enthralling finish. Guys, your take. How many players were at minus 10? It felt like half the field was at minus 10 and it felt like anyone, the 20 players could have won it and you just didn't know what was going to happen. Um, and you're all excited thinking there is definitely a playoff coming, um, what's going to happen and... Morikawa just grabs it by the balls, basically. That um, chip in on 14, and then we've got to talk about his drive on 16. That is just pure it, – it's brilliant. So it is one of the best drives that the PGA has ever seen. In, in that spot, in that position, yeah. leading by one, um, I think he that might have actually been down. equal with Casey at that stage at 11 under because Casey's at 11 as well. Yeah, um, exactly. And, and yeah. he just – nuts this drive to, to seven feet below the hole and then just rams it straight in for eagle. That's uh, For a young kid, it's incredible. Yeah. It's, it has to go down as one of the best drives in a major for a very long time. 340 one yard, reachable par four. Uh, he absolutely nails it over the corner, pitches just short of the green and releases forward. Uh, and you know, goes to about two yards away from the, the pin to set up his eagle putt. And, yeah, standing over that part, ice cold, calm, uh, which you, you would excuse him for having some nerves given his putting history just in recent times uh, and, you know, lipping out to, uh, to, to lose a playoff uh, where Daniel Berger won. Um, yeah, you could excuse some nerves there, but he just seemed cool, calm, collected and, uh, you know, hovered over it for a good few seconds and pulls it back, shoots. And it never looked like missing. Just rolls straight in and takes a two-shot lead uh, over Paul Casey. Paul Casey saw, uh, you know, saw what had happened in terms of the drive and and had had seen uh, the, the the ball go up onto the onto the green before he teed off on the next hole. So he he had to knew, know at that stage that he would have had to really go go strong in the next next couple of holes to to finish off. But Morikawa is just twenty three years old. He's now world number five. Three professional wins, two this year. Uh, phenomenal young man. I don't think we can say enough about this kid. This kid, uh, you know, he came out and made 22 consecutive cuts um, when he first turned pro. His first, like, you know, beginning his PGA career. Um, then he, you know, we see him win the Barracuda last year, which was, it was great. He won an event and at an early age, that's great for that kid. But then for him to come out of this COVID period, lose with that lip out against Berger in the Charles Schwab, then, you know, bounce back and beat JT at the Workday Charity with, remember, he nearly lipped out to miss out in that as well, um, which we were talking about how much that could have thrown him through the deep end. Um, nails those bombs in the playoff with JT, one of the great playoffs we've seen, and then wins the PGA Championship. You know, and, and forgetting, this, it, this is the kid that's come out against Hovland and Matt Wolf in, Matt within their class, and, and, Everyone was talking about Hovland and Wolf. He's he's got a 
big, big future, and he's going to be around a very, very long time. And he seems like a lovely guy. Got a great smile, great personality. Um, poor bugger today when he lifted the trophy and the lid came off. Uh, he felt so bad, and you saw how bad he felt as well when that lid came down. But I don't know what's going on there. They've got to make that lid tighter. He just did exactly what every other person that's won it's done, and um, the thing came straight crashing down on top of him. But Morikawa, it's just great. I'm so happy for him, and it's a very deserving winner, and it's very exciting to see what he's going to do. And, and talking about Matt Wolf, Matt Wolf's only you know a couple of shots behind. He was in that crowd at minus 10 as well. Yeah, and that was his second ever major championship. Yeah. That's his first as yeah. a pro. Um, never played the Masters, never played the British Open. <laughs> T35 at the US Open last year or whatever it was. It's insane. And, you know, you've got Brooks talking about, oh, you know, these guys can't win it. They've never won it before and how hard it is to win it and I don't have to worry <laughs> about them. And Morikawa just goes, have a look at this, mate. It was, uh, it, was great. it was great to watch. Double par, your take. Yeah, look, um, I, I tipped him, so I think he's got a lot of ability. Um, <laughs> but it's interesting, his driving distance, he's 107 on tour. Well, we talked about Bryson and, you know, bombing it and Brooks and all these big bombers, but he's 107th on tour for driving distance. So he's got the game. He can strike the ball. He might not hit it as long as those other players, but that doesn't count. And when we talk about people changing courses because of long drives, you don't need to change courses, you know, um, Bryson, but it was good to Bryson see. I've been pulling um, iron on that uh, drivable par four this weekend. He pulls out the driver today and pots it in the uh, right front bunker. Uh, unfortunately mm. for him, like I, I would have loved to have actually seen that just pop over the, the bunker, but yeah. Mate, we don't just drink five protein shakes a day to hit driver all the time. He's very thoughtful. He, he does his stats. He's a smart man, okay? He went iron. Oh, Murray I wanted to take driver again. I couldn't Murray believe it. current world ranking 12. I think he deserves it. Let's not talk about Bryson. Let's not take the, the light off Colin. I think no, he did a really good job. Colin Murray hey, he's gone to five now after that win. He's gone to Has five, he? Yeah, okay. five in the world, yeah. So, and he uh, won yeah. me 150 bucks. So um, gamble responsibly, but yeah, he Double par had, had some money. Double par had some money on <laughs> yeah, baby. Yeah, more responsibly. Um, Amy, uh, well, are we done with Mark Howard? Do we, anything we want to say more about it? I think we all agree he's a great young kid and um, it, it's very exciting to see what he's he's going to do. But I was going to ask Amy about her man, Tony Finau. He was there again. He was up there. I thought he was maybe going to do it and then I was going to come on here and be like, I told you. But um, <laughs> he shot a 66 Even in the though, final round. Yeah. I mean, I actually picked Tiger this week just because I love Tiger. But yeah, he's just so, he's up there all the time knocking on the door and it makes it so much more obvious that he's not, that he doesn't win. Um, but I don't know. I think it's got to be close. It's got to be. How good we're seeing him and Bryson together? What was the call from you, Nate, last week? You said that Ricky Fowler will win one before Finau wins another event. That was what you said last week. So, yeah. Amy, Amy, get one I back did. up. I'm, just, I'm worried now. Ricky signed a, a sponsorship deal, um, which Double Par wouldn't know anything about how that works, but he signed a new one with some CBD company over there. So I think, I don't know, I'm a bit worried about Ricky at the moment. He's just uh, he's a cool kid. Cool kid. And... Yeah, yeah, no, nah, he, he'll, be, he'll be fine. <laughs> He'll be fine. He's a good player. He's too good to um to not win a major. Amy, what do you think of the fashion on on tour? I just want to get get your take. The fashion on tour at the moment. Um, 
I'm well, I'm probably a little bit judgy. Um, you guys were slamming um, Tommy's party um, before we before we came on. Um, I don't know that I'm that keen on it either. But he's he's the best dressed homeless person that's ever been. <laughs> yeah, like the Nike guy that robbed a well, a homeless guy that robbed a Nike store. That's uh, that's what David Faraday said. <laughs> Who goes to Nike to get a cardigan sweater? Tommy Fleetwood. Yeah, like, I, I see. I see the idea behind it, but I just don't think it's. Quite Amy, there, did you see Adam Scott's get up? Yeah, I did. I wasn't a fan either. I don't know what day, he's doing. Day one. Day one. Bit of baby spew. It was day one or day two. Yeah. He had the brown, but then he had the what? Do you have the black hat with the white? Like he had yeah. It was yeah. all over the shop. It was all over the shop. But I think someone said. I think it was James Nitties or someone posted something that. He's just that good looking that he's got to dress down a bit just to give the other guys a chance. <laughs> he goes from a 12 out of 10 to a 10 out of 10 dressing like that. So um, <laughs> he knows what he's doing, Scotty. He looks good in anything, I reckon. But it's a different. He does uh, He does uh, have a different set of outfits at the moment. Someone was rocking a hoodie. I, don't, I can't recall exactly who it was. Eric but there was Van Ruyen. Yeah, Van Ruyen. And he was wearing the joggers again, the um, the tight pants that cut in at the ankles and, uh, you ankle know. Pants. The ankle pants. Yeah. Uh, so. yeah, I got I a, a little while ago about his ankle pants. I couldn't handle them. I've got some. I'm going to wear some tomorrow at Magenta with double par or maybe my white pants. I don't yeah, know. you got to wear your white pants for, for uh, double par if you're having a round with him. Yeah. Taking <laughs> your money. Taking your yeah, money, Nate. We'll, we'll talk about that in a sec. <laughs> all right well moving on it was great to have major golf back on telly and uh let, let's maybe talk to some other happenings around the grounds as well amy you've done a bit of background and you fill us in a lot about the little bit about the females game the women's game yeah and what are you doing at the moment amy let's let's what, what where are you at well i'm home for a little bit longer um flying out on the 19th, heading back to Europe. That's in, yeah, about a week and a half. Um, so, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to that, getting back out there, um, just playing, practicing, getting everything sorted and then head over there. And then I got about a week or so until I head over to Switzerland for my first event. So, um, yeah, I've been and enjoying you, watching some golf and now I'm excited to go play some. For sure. And your golf day, we, we spoke a bit about your golf day when you weren't there, but it went well. Yeah, it was a great day, I think. I think everyone enjoyed themselves that was the main thing um although it was a fundraiser i definitely um wanted to make sure everyone had a good day and you know so that hopefully i can have another one um yeah so it was it was a good day and we've decided to put a few of the auction items actually online instead um yeah it was a bit hectic trying to get it all out there on the day so um gonna do probably one item a week and have them up for about yeah, a week at a time so that everyone can have a, a good go at it. So we'll start going, getting those up in the next probably week or two so everyone can still place their bids on those. Including you, Nate. I hear you're good for a couple of K. Well, I'm hoping that you buy something because then you'd have to tell Amy your real name and your address. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, but you're, really... I don't know. I don't think the bank balance is anywhere at the double bar. He's trying to work out that sponsorship deal. But we'll I was just thinking, that. Amy, if you're going to Switzerland, there's a couple of big companies over there. Give you a letter. <laughs> get me some sponsors. I'm aiming for I'm Rolex. I'm for myself, let alone you. I'll get your halves. I'll get your halves. <laughs> okay, we'll go halves. 
<laughs> There's word on the street, Amy, that Double Pass penned a letter to Rolex. Um, I've seen it. I think it's leaked as well. So we'll have to get that to you mm-hmm. so that you can forward that on um, in person. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm sure that'll go pretty well. I was going to go tag Hoyer, but I'm not as good as Tiger. So Rolex will do. Okay, yeah, that's fair. That's or Dimmy Papadatis like or Blake Windred. So they're, they're, they're tag as well. Anyways, um, LPGA, Ames? <laughs> yeah, um, there was quite a bit of women's golf this week. So LPGA had the Marathon Classic. Um, Lydia Ko was firing on all cylinders. Um, she took a four-shot lead into the final round and she was leading by five with six holes to play. Um, so she looked like she was going to walk it in um, and win for the first time since 2017. Uh. But uh, she made two bogeys on the way in, um, was still one ahead, stood on the 18th tee, um, and she was greenside for two on the last hole, which was par five. Oh. But she made a seven from there and essentially oh. just gifted it straight to Danielle Kang pretty much, um, who made it back-to-back victories after winning last week as well. So she finished on 15 under and picked up the trophy after that. She just parred the last and had it handed to her. So, um, so Kang, Kang is on fire at the moment, huh? She's um, had a good couple of weeks, that's for sure. So that's, what, um, what a, Lydia Ko, just, she just yeah. wrote that letter not long ago to herself, that letter that came out about what a 15-year-old, what she'd tell Lydia at 15 and, you know, very, very um, open letter to everybody and it was really cool to read what she was saying about where she was and, and the experience I guess she's had and what she would have done different and what she'd tell herself. Uh, so it was really cool to see her back in the mix and uh, devastating for her to put up a seven on that last hole. Yeah, I can't imagine um, the pressure and the life that she's had so far. Like, it's unbelievable what she did when she came out on the scene. Like, since she was 14, she was winning pro tournaments. Like, that's not normal and it's not really sustainable. So, um, I think it's, yeah, it's really good to see her playing well again and in position. I mean, you don't forget how to win. So, I think it's just good to see her back playing well and I think it's probably just around the corner for her as well. And Minji Lee wasn't too far away as well. I think she finished fourth. Yep, so she knocked up um, another another top five there. Um, so um, she's she's having another good season. She keeps um, yeah knocking on the door as well. Um, another good finish. And then we had uh, US Women's Amateur was also on this week. Um, Gabby Ruffles. She put up a very impressive title defense at um, Woodmont Country Club. She made it all the way to the final. Um, obviously, yeah, she won it last year, made it all the way to the final this year, which is a 36-hole match. Um, and it ended up going all the way to 38 holes in the end. Um, and she ended up going down to the winner, Rose Zhang, who is 17 years old. So wow. impressive goal from her. Very impressive goal from her. Um, obviously, a massive win. And, yeah, Gabby had won, like, I think they said it was 11 matches in a row. Um, leading up to that because obviously she won last year and then she made the final this year. So um, pretty impressive. Um, that family has got to be pretty proud, there. the Ruffles family, having their, um, their their kids up there. That would be pretty cool to watch. Yeah, I think the fight's on as to who's going to be um, the best in the Better. family. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Any Anything else from around the traps, guys? Any other yeah. Aussie uh, watch? Yes. We have, sorry, one other um, women's um, event over in the UK. 
We've nice. had the Rose series. Um, there was a bit of drama, to say the yeah. least, at the um, mm. finale of the Rose series, um, not really in the way you'd like to see. Um, yes, yeah, so after eight weeks of one-day events that was put on by Justin Rose and his wife with a few sponsors coming on board, um, it had built up to a big finale, a three-day final event spanning over three courses. And, yeah, the final day ended prematurely and quite tragically, really, yeah. after a huge fire broke out nearby, which travelled onto the west course at Wentworth, which is where they were playing. Um, so all the players were evacuated and the final round eventually got called off. So, yeah, it ended up getting shortened to two rounds. Um, Alice Houston, she's in her rookie year and she was crowned the winner there. And then there was a big bonus of £20,000 order of merit check for the winner of the entire series, and that ended up going to Charlie Hull. So um, wow. not really the ideal finish that it deserved, but it was really good to have um, for those girls to have something to play in, and that was kind of the whole idea of it, which originally came from Liz Young, who's um, an LET player, came up with, I'll go to my home course and see if we can put on a one-day event, and it's kind of grown into this. So it's all credit to her and Justin Rose and his wife and everyone who's kind of... Um, managed to get that together. It's been great for them. Brilliant. Very, very good. No one injured there. Everyone was safe, Amy, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Everyone's all good, all evacuated. And um, they were going to go back the next day, but it was kind of um, a bit more intense than they thought. So they ended up having to scrap it, but everyone's all good. So that's the main thing. Good to hear. And yeah, anything uh, else from around the yeah, tribes? Yeah, we'll do our little Aussies abroad, Aussies abroad. So obviously PGA Tour, um, you know, Jason Day tied third, massive. Uh, Scotty, first uh, first tournament back for a while, tied 22nd. Cam Smith made the cut. Uh, Leash, Lucas Herbert, Matt Jones, unfortunately missed out on the cut. Uh, European Tour, we got off to a fly there. Uh, Min Wu Lee and Scriv, Scrivener, Jason Scrivener, they were uh, equal leaders in the first round and at the top. So it was good to see them get out of the blocks like they did. Uh, Min Wu Lee ended up finishing sixth, Scriv's 14th. Ryan Fox was there, Scotty Hend. Uh, but that was that was taken away by Andy Sullivan. He uh, shot minus 27 to win by seven shots over there. So a massive win by Andy Sullivan over there for the uh, English Championship. And the uh, Corn Ferry, uh, Ryan Ruffles, so we just spoke about Gabby. Ryan was up there again uh, early, shot a 63 in his second round, but faded in the, the last two rounds with a 74-72. So he finished um, 22nd and Brett drew it. Uh, he actually came tied 11th there, but um, Jamie Arnold made the cut, Endicott made the cut. So, it, you know, it was good. Curtis Luck uh, missed the cut. Don't know what's going on with Curtis lately. He, he was one that I was really thinking was going to be a, a, a really good Aussie going into the, the PGA events. But um, he's obviously struggling a little bit and back down to the, in that Corn Ferry um, kind of tour. So, yeah, that's uh, the Aussie wrap-up around. And, um, yeah, it's good to see some great results again from our Aussies. And Min Woo, I've... I, I just rate him so much as a player and I, I'm very excited every time I see him at the top of any tournament. What about his visor? Visor power. I'll let him go with his visor. I'm a big fan of his on Instagram and I get involved. I, uh, a walking score, I scored him and Jordan Spieth at uh, the Australian Open one year and he was just such a good kid and a uh, big, big fan of him and even if he wears a visor. I'm not a fan of many people in visors, but he's okay. I'll, I'll let him go with that one. And Poltz, actually. Ian Poltz has grown on me lately. I don't know what's going on there, but I, I find him very entertaining. So I've turned on Poltz, but 
Yeah. Do you I'm wear? Do you, is there rumor that you wear a visor double par? Yep. <laughs> It'll get a run tomorrow. It's a masters one. <laughs> I got some plus fours in pink. I'm thinking of, of getting them out and wearing them tomorrow. Too. <laughs> okay. And your gimp mask. Can I just, while we're going around the grounds, um, there's a lack of double pars in the PGA just quietly. Like yes. legit. Zachy Johnson had plus 21 before he missed the cut. And I'm going, oh, yeah, there's a couple. Yeah, of surely there's sure. something there. The, and no. this is the other Zach Johnson, no. by the way. This is the <laughs> yeah. not very oh, well-known Zach, Zach, Zach Johnson. Zach yeah. Johnson. How unfortunate is that? I don't go that far into it. I had to go to the Corn Ferry to find one for me uh, Instagram webby thing. <laughs> um, I can't even tell you it was. I had no idea. You just looked at it going, that'll do. Put that on. I said before, I used to love looking at the leaderboard and I go straight to the top. Now I go straight to the bottom and I just look. <laughs> I look for these double pars because I get more excited by that. Um, and like you said, as soon as I saw that Zach Day Johnson shooting a million, I thought, ah, oh, there's surely a couple here. Uh, not one. He's just bogeying everything. <laughs> like, well, that's no good. Like you tomorrow. <laughs> I am looking forward to hearing about your round uh, when we come to this podcast next week, guys. I'm sure I'll hear about it beforehand, but uh, yeah, this is this is going to be heavily reported on. I'm going to send a couple of scouts out to Magenta and see if we can't get uh, some early goss. From I'm just excited to see who Double Power is. I'm just I, I'm very interested to see if he just has a blurred face in real life, <laughs> just pixel faced. You're going to get some footage. Uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to. I don't think the cameras work on his head. <laughs> I have to get sponsor sign off for that first. Uh, okay, cool. All right, let's move on into some Golf Days Australia group highlights. So we have a couple of uh, tipping comps. And our Golf Trade Australia tipping comp sponsored by Birds of Condor. We had a few results. So first was Jolly, Joel Maley. Uh, you've bagged yourself 100 bucks in a Birds of Condor hat. Uh, second place went to Tristan and $80 goes to you, mate. Third was Matt Helm and 60 bucks goes your way. And we had a fourth place prize this week. And who none other than Sue Tate in the money once again 30 bucks in fourth position. Well done, Sue. You're, uh, you're definitely racking up a good ticker there in the tipping comps. And I think you're also covering your your better half in his tips as well. <laughs> so, yeah, nice work there. Uh, in our GDA Tour tipping, this was a major week this week. So $195 I was up for grabs. And Aaron Francis pulls out the big ones, listened to the podcast last week clearly and took the smoky that Double Par had sent out there as a uh, as a tip. So you've bagged yourself $195 in a box of balls courtesy of the Golf Factory. Great work there, guys, and thanks for uh, contributing to the, the tipping comps. We have, have a fair few jumping in week to week now, which is awesome. I just want to clear um, up as well, Double Par picked Morikawa as his smoky and Jason Day as his main tip. But Jason Day was paying more than what Morikawa was. So I don't know if you understand what a smoky means and, and how that kind of thing works, but just just FYI. I can't take you seriously, mate. You're wearing a gown. We'll get to the gown in a second. Don't worry. That's in the next segment, all right? My gown and red wine and my fire behind me. But don't. we'll just leave the listeners guessing. Uh, quick lefties, shout out. Lefty's commentary. Are we getting onto that as well? Yeah, we left out Lefty's commentary. Can, can we quickly talk shops, about Phil Mickelson? Can we? Yeah. Nate loves Phil. 
I hate Phil. <laughs> but there's Love a Phil. massive... And, and actually, a, on, on that This note, was a massive note, weekend sorry. about Phil because, uh, Steve-O, we... On- we got a we got a shout out from Phil on Instagram. He was talking about he, he mentioned me, Amy. How good was yeah. that? Yeah, he mentioned me as well. He mentioned me, I think, didn't he? Yeah. Well, I mean, right, let's let's go to the start. So I spotted a, a video that he he put up on Instagram, he webby thing as you call it, Jeez. right? About his coffees and oh. his routine of a morning, and I jumped on there and thought, you know what, Nate needs to see this. Yeah. I, I know he'd love to see this and so tagged double par in it and then said hey double par you know wouldn't Nate love to see this video of of, uh, of Lefty and you know not long after I dropped that comment <laughs> Lefty 22, 22 minutes it was Steve not like counting, <laughs> but 22 minutes after uh, Lefty's come on and, and commented and said, oh, I don't know, Nate, but uh, no, sounds he like he'd like it a lot. <laughs> he, doesn't, and he doesn't need to know who I am, um, and I'm fine with that. And I get pretty much the same gif off double par nearly every day if he's dancing. And I – anyways, it was a, a great that we got a shout-out by him, but um, his commentary, and as much as I don't like him, I don't like Faldo even more. And he absolutely body bagged Faldo several times in that <laughs> in that commentary, and I'm pretty sure it was a bit of an audition for Phil because I think he's looking at that pathway definitely as a commentator. Really, and, and I would much rather listen to him. Although I don't think CBS or whoever can ever afford him, he'll last for millions and millions. Um, but he was way more entertaining than. Faldo, but I also found like he was trying to be Tony Romo where he was trying to predict everything that was going to happen. He's talking about Jason Day and if he gets this to the hole, this is definitely going in and then they cut to something else and he's like, can we go back to Jason's, Jason Day's part? <laughs> and then Jason Day left it short. He goes, see, if it got there, it would have gone in. I, You know, I'm not wrong. Um, <laughs> but, you know, just stitching up Faldo with the, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm good at three things, you know, playing golf and talking golf and Faldo just walks straight into it. He's like, but yeah, but what's the third thing? And it's like, oh, it's so awkward. <laughs> uh, he's been bagged out a lot about his uh, about his sunnies, and he came out and put a put a tweet out there, and he said he's just you know he's looking forward to spending the five million dollars in cash for the, for the sponsorship on his glasses. So uh, yeah, I, I don't think uh, CBS could afford him, and I, I actually yeah I don't think he's even lining that up as a career. Nate, he's, he's fifty and still on the PGA he's tour. Working that line so much. You look at his social media. You look at everything he does. It is all geared up for that entertainment. Um, end of his career. I, you know, I his think only downside that way. His only downside is it is only just discovered social media, right? He's only been on social media for the last what year, maybe. He's and, dominating it. Oh, absolutely dominating it, and I'd love seeing his Instagram. I'm going to keep commenting and hopefully see if we can't get some more interactions from him as as we go along. And, <laughs> and you can tell. Most of these guys will have a team or someone in charge. I literally think this guy's in charge of everything because some of the dumb shit he does on there, it, it has to be from him and he thinks it's, he thinks it's funny and he thinks it's cool um, and it's, it's entertaining. I'll give him that. 
looking forward to seeing his next post come out and tagging Nate in it. A uh, bit of a shout out here actually from a uh, Golf Days Australia group highlights. Our resident pro Terry Pilkadaras got down on the, on the one knee this week and uh, got engaged. So wanted to send a, a big congrats out to to Pilks, mate. Well done. Um, the best thing. Pilks messaged me, I reckon. 60 seconds after that and asked how my golf game was going. So thanks, Phil. <laughs> I, I was, you know, as long as, as he's got his priorities right and it's worrying about my golf game. He's always on the and game. Massive, yeah, congrats. Huge congrats. Yeah. Congrats, Pilks. Well done there. And um, post of the week. Uh, I've got a little post of, of the week here. Dave Flavelle, uh, he posted up a, a photo here of his home net setup. What looks like a mosquito net stapled to the roof of his carport and an eight by three inch hitting mat on concrete in his carport. Mate, I think we need to hook you up with HT Tran. I think we we tagged him in the in the post so you can go and set yourself up with a with a proper setup, mate. I fear for your house because that mozzie net's not going to last long with balls flying into it unless you're hitting table tennis balls, mate. But uh, yeah, I think we need to hook you up with HT Tran. And um, there's a bit of an announcement coming there, hopefully soon with HT Tran as well. So stay tuned for that. But anyone Vince, else? What's got, uh, so? what's what's double pars uh, home setup look like? Oh, I wonder. I don't need one. I don't even have. I noticed in that post you were talking about then, Steve. Oh, he's got the um, what are those stick things you got? Alignment rods. You? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't even things. have them. Yeah, Amy would have them. She needs them because pros. Oh, it's a pro thing. Oh, right? oh, that, that, no, she needs. Oh, them. She trains. She trains like two or three times a week, probably. Um, <laughs> I don't need them. Just, I, when I see someone turn up the course with them in their bag, yeah, you've got them, Steve. I'll have a look at them. Dead set. Giant chopsticks, mate. Choppers. Choppers need them. That's all they're good for. <laughs> I don't oh, need don't, them. Don't rate them, double par. Don't rate them. No. No. Well, what are they no good wonder, for? No wonder you've had plenty of double pars in your life then. Mate, I'm a lefty. We're all natural golfers, us lefties. <laughs> Okay, any other posts of the week? Let's move on. <laughs> uh, shout out to Craig Yule. He put a, a photo up of Lura, and there's been some pretty ordinary weather um, lately, but rain, hail, or fog, he says, um, and he's out at Lura, and you can't see 20 metres in front of you. That's pretty dedication to the cause there. You want to hear my Nate? post of the week? Actually, Nate ain't, ain't got one. one. <laughs> he ain't got one. This is worst post of the week. I'm going to go this, the worst post of the week. Chris Tui's post today, giving it to ex-Aussie Jason Day. Um, no hard feelings, Chris Tui, but I thought that was a terrible take. Uh, I, I think Jason, you know, is – I just – I rate Jason Day a lot and I always want him to see. Uh, definitely caused a lot of controversy in there. Some controversy probably a bit too far. I wouldn't have said some of those things in there that they, they yeah, did. A couple and of they got into. himself an uppercut really in, in the comments in there. Like there's some things in there that we can't really cop. Um, but, yeah, uh, we, we're happy for people to have their own opinion. Opinions? Yeah, just yeah. – just, uh, yeah, there's a couple of blokes in there might need to give themselves an uppercut for, for some of their comments. Uh, each to their own. You've got your own opinion, but, yeah, no, nah, leave, leave it for somewhere else, mate. But There's a yeah, line. Chris, there's a line and a few of them crossed it, but, uh, I, yeah. Chris has shown his, his opinion up there and, and yep. he's entitled to it, but he he probably, you know, carried on a little bit as well, <laughs> sort of responding to some of, some of the comments and rightfully so to a degree, but, 
you know, we, we leave the post there and, and let people comment and have their opinions. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're not like some of the other groups we see out there. We'll let people talk. It's an, yeah. old saying, an old saying, Steve, every kingdom needs a troll, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and the princess and the princess. Yeah. Hello. Amy knows all about trolls. I've seen her getting into some of the uh, trolls on Twitter. So if you ever if you never ever need some entertainment over there as well, Amy knows how to to stick it to the best of those keyboard warriors. So don't worry about that. Yeah. No, Twitter you've, is a um... horrible place. Twitter, Twitter is a horrible place. <laughs> Full of trolls. <laughs> yeah. Um, Nate, you, you've had a bit of a weekend out. You've had a couple of games. This uh, a couple of rounds this week. Don't know what you're talking about. This is uh, my normal habitat here in my robe uh, with my fireplace behind me. Uh, I'm no, yeah, <laughs> it, it is. It has been a, a great weekend. Um, I've been uh, fortunate enough to to get away and get a couple of days away from work as well. And uh, I went to Young uh, with a couple of mates that aren't really golfers, and we went away for a bit of a, a boys' trip away, a bit of a dad's trip away. The uh, the wives all went away a couple of weeks ago, so we went down to Young and played down there beautiful golf course it was um pissing down rain but and we were the only crazy ones that were on the course on a saturday but we needed to get something in that wasn't the tab and the pub and mcdonald's so um we went and played some golf and and it was great so shout out to young golf course their hospitality was great they looked after us out there and and had a beautiful course and we had we had a great day um but yeah i'm I'm here at uh the hunter valley at the moment at the vintage at the chateau alain um, so I'm staying out here. This place is magic out here. I've never been here before. I've been out here and played Cyprus. I've played Crown Plaza. Uh, but the vintage to me is by far the best course out here and the best setup. Uh, the accommodation here is beautiful. The resort here is beautiful. The golf course, uh, which we got to see today, it, there was that much rain this morning that the, uh, the par five out the front here, the tent, was underwater. And by this afternoon, it stopped raining about midday and it had dried up. We were playing on it this afternoon. So um, beautiful course. We we had the day with Cobra Puma here um, doing some fitting. Uh, we did a heap of video heap of video content looking at fittings and how fittings happen and, and what the point of, of getting fitted is. So very excited with uh, bringing that to our, to our viewers and to our social media, showing those videos. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was a great day with Cobra Puma. Big thank you to... Matt Kelly, the um, GM out here that looks after the vintage and and, and organising us to, to use the facilities and, and the accommodation. And um, Richard Mercer gave us his little hut down there to use, which um, beautiful little place, roller door up, Matt inside. We got the hit in the dry um, to the to the um, to the range out there, and it, it was great. And obviously Gavin Sutherland from Cobra Puma, he, he was a legend today, and and I learned so much um, hanging out with him and. Mate, it's just beautiful out here at the Vintage. So I just recommend to anybody, if you're looking for a little getaway, you're in New South Wales, sorry to the Victorians that can't get here. But, um, yeah, if you're in New South Wales, you're looking for a little getaway, come come to the Vintage or whenever you get the chance and, and check it out for yourself. Greg Norman Design, Public Course, Magic. I'm going to get up the crack of dawn tomorrow and get back into it as well. Fantastic day. It was, yeah, it was brilliant. It was so much fun to be able to get involved in the Cobra Puma fitting, but also to get out on the course. So, yeah, very, very nice. And and I, we've spoken about it a couple of times here. You're off tomorrow having a round uh, with double par at Magenta Shores. 
Yeah, Magenta Shores uh, tomorrow. I'm excited for that one. I haven't been there. Dimmy, we, we spoke to Dimmy Papadatis uh, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, that's where he's from. Magenta's his, his home track, and he suggested to go out there and try it. So been in touch with the guys at Magenta, and we're going to have a tee off there. 12.30, just a romantic round between myself and Double Par, just the, just the two of us, <laughs> as the song says. DP, did you get out for a round on the weekend? Did, mate. Had a, had a round on Saturday. Nothing uh, exciting to report. One of my regulars, though, made it past nine holes this week, so we give him a bit of a clap on the back because he didn't throw his lollies out and run off. So that was uh, <laughs> probably the highlight for us this week. Oh, good, good. Amy, have you ever thrown in the town uh, the towel halfway around the uh, course? Never? No, no. I would never do that. And the I rain? Had, had have, some... have you walked off because of the rain, like, early? No. Um, no. <laughs> um, We're talking about the Gold that. Coast here. Like, the Gold Coast doesn't rain. <laughs> no, well, Sorry. I'm talking about tournaments. Mate. If I'm just no. playing by myself, I'm a little bit fair weather. <laughs> um, but in a tournament, um, I would play in whatever, however I'm playing, I would just keep going. But um, if it wasn't my job, then I probably would never play in the rain. I don't know what people do. <laughs> Steve, have you ever have you ever walked off the course not because of the rain, but just because you've thrown your toys out of the basket? Out of the no, I've, I've never walked off the course because of, of anger. It takes quite a lot for me to to uh, you know get to a boil. But I have gone off the course once uh, as a junior, uh, but that was because it was bloody freezing, teeing off at six a.m. in the middle of winter, and I, I had to, I didn't I wasn't quite big enough for golf shoes back then. I was I don't know maybe nine years old, and I had a pair of those rollers. There were those suede shoes with the, 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 the grip on the bottom that were kind of cool. And, uh, yeah, the water just went straight through. I, 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 t- I say water, it was more like ice and took me back up into the pro shop and I was literally sitting in a chair freezing with the heater on me. So that's the, that's probably the only time I've actually ever walked off the course, uh, period, not from anger or anything like that, but because I was about to get frostbite. Um yeah, but uh, I had a round myself over the weekend. The King and I uh, went out for a round and took a couple of blokes out that uh, had been playing night golf for a long time and just joined up at my local track and had a, had a round out with them. Uh, it was was a, a fun round, but yeah, neither Matt or I scored anything notable as well. But I'm looking forward to get back again this weekend. Hopefully the rain stays away this week and, and get out a, again on, on my home track and get a couple of weeks under under my belt there all right and moving on we have our guest this week uh the stig of the golf days australia podcast double par rant of the week mate hit it yeah look um i saw the article this week i don't know if you boys and, and girls seen it but um membership's up did you realize that it's only slightly but membership across australia is up which i think is a good thing but it got me thinking um at the moment, we're on restrictions about when we can book our tea times, especially for Saturdays. We're two weeks out. And, and it really pees me off when I see people book themselves into prime tea times and then on the morning of or the day before or the night before, they bloody pull themselves out. And yeah. look, I understand that there's emergencies and last minutes and sometimes things change and, and all of that and you, you fracture an eyelash so you can't go out. But fair dinkum. <laughs> Some people just need to use a little bit more... I don't know, common courtesy to their fellow golf members and, and just plan their lives around. Because you see, and they book themselves in week in, week out, week in, week out. They have lives outside of golf. Just a little bit of common courtesy. 
get yourself on the T-sheet only when you can play. That's my rant this week. Double par because it sounds better than a 10. <laughs> double par because we've all bloody had one, haven't we? Maybe not Amy. But we've all not Amy. One. She's had a six. Uh, I have. Six Don't worry. <laughs> I've had plenty. <laughs> that's my rant, steve No Macca's drive through rant, but that's my rant. Nice. I dig that. That's, uh, that's actually really good. And I think our Melbourne folks that are sort of regional would uh, agree at the moment because most of them can only play once a week uh, as members as well. So I don't even think yeah. they can play, can they? Regional, they can. Regional, you can. Not not oh, okay. in the middle of the city. Yeah, yeah they're not so letting them on the Murray River, that's for sure. So the Murray River, it's uh, even if you oh, remember right. it, like how long and you live across and you're a Victorian resident, well, yeah, I guess you can't get over the border there. So that that's different. So, yeah, it might be different for regional, but feeling for those guys, um, it just sucks. So yeah. shout out to the Victorians uh, doing it tough down there. Hopefully everything will get better soon and we'll be, everyone will be back on the course and loving life. What's uh, what's coming up this week, Nate? The Wyndham Championship we've got. Um, so the you know the last the last event before the FedEx Cup playoff. So it's the last chance for a number of players to try and sneak their way into that FedEx Cup, uh, which is so valuable and there's so much money on the line for 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 all the players. So yeah, that uh, that's that's this week at um, Sedgefield Country Club, uh, Ross Design. So, you know, just over 7,000 yards. Uh, Donald Ross has got some great courses and this is one of his originals. Uh, it's a regular PGA Tour venue. Last year, JT Poston won. So he's there to defend his title again and we've got some big names that are the backing up from the PGA and, and, and trying to win this week. What's your tip? My tip is the best-dressed homeless man. I've got Tommy Fleetwood. Um, I like Tommy. I do. I don't think he's played his best golf since he's come over, but I, you know, his fourth straight start in his return, I just I think there could be something there for Tommy, and I'd like to see him do well. It's probably more I want him to do well rather than I think he will, but I'm going to pick Tommy. Double par. And no, no, I don't want three tips this week. I got, I got, ham, I got hammered there last was... week. He picked two. I got you hammered picked four I every week, Evo. I did. I do yeah, not. I That's picked... my tips. That's my golf days of tips. Two. I picked two. Just for the record, with, the winner with a, a smoky. The winner with a smoky. <laughs> and J Day. Look, I'm gonna do something different here. Um, I'm gonna keep it a secret. If anyone wants to see my tip, they've got to come over to my Instagram page. Oh, well played. This guy. Well played. He is good. And I'm telling you, <laughs> there's a high chance I'm going back to back. Like, so, Kang, like Amy's what, mate, Kang. Okay, but where do they find it? Where do they find you on Instagram? Uh, I don't do you even know what your handle is? Yeah, at underscore double par. Is that right, Steve? You're the nerd. <laughs> <laughs> it is? Yeah, yeah uh, it is. Yeah. Yeah. At underscore double par. Okay, we'll see his tip. All right. Can you give us a smoky? <laughs> um, no, just Abe's, one. Abe's He's answer. got one. That's it. Answer. There you go. That's answer. his smoky. All right. <laughs> Amy. Um, I might go. I might go DJ. Is he playing? Don't think so. <laughs> I'm having a look at I the field to, now. I gave you all these players at the start and you go with someone else. <laughs> I wanted to go Fina, but he's not playing, so... No, 
<laughs> pick someone else who's not playing. Just put um, yours on your Instagram page as well, Amy. <laughs> yeah, I might do that. Direct or your Twitter. My way. Yeah, go to, go to Twitter. All right. Yeah, I think you Patrick Reed. Surely you're all over that. Oof. Brooks, <laughs> Justin Rose, Spieth. Spieth, can we talk about Spieth for a second? He's, he's sitting on the ground for four hours after his round just um, trying to work out his life on the range. So poor old Spieth, maybe he could come out and win this week. Never I'd know. like to see that. Yeah, I would yeah. too. I think, yeah, I'd like to see him in form. I think it's um, good for everybody to see Spieth up there and about. I'm, uh, I'm going to go the English connection with you, Nate, and I'm going to go Paul Casey. I know you don't like him, but uh, I'm going to throw him in there. That's my tip for the week. He is so boring. You, you could pick him and Webb Simpson <laughs> then in an exacto. Put him and Webb Simpson. They can be tied first and just nobody will watch. I knew that would get you. <laughs> Hook, line and sinker. That oh. was good. All right, guys, that's a wrap-up of our tips this week. Any last thoughts, guys? Yeah, I'm just uh, interested to look at this week's, um, you know, last last chance to people to get in the FedEx playoffs, and I, I want to see who Brooks is going to abuse this week. That's that's probably what I'm looking for, and obviously, I want to see some double pars this week. Yeah, I'm with you, Nate. It's a few more double pars. Major hangover though this week, so I think everything's going to be a downer after that first major for the year, because I think we've been hanging out. So, yeah, very true. Good, good. All right, guys. Well, that's a wrap for this week's podcast. Take it easy. Enjoy golf, and we'll see you next week on the Golf Days Australia podcast. Thanks, Steve. Double par. Sounds better than an eight. We're three golf tragics. We're weekend.